Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I am your host, Kane Pittman, here with the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As we are now, uh, what we're recording, it must be just under 48 hours till the Bucks play their first real game after the All Star break. They had a televised practice tonight at Little Season <laughs> Arena in, in Detroit, uh, where I thought it was a little bit unfair that they had the starters against the bench players. But uh, in the end, we saw. Uh, pretty dominant performance from Giannis and also Chris Milton. And uh, that was that was not even a game for 25 seconds tonight. The thing that shocked me most was that the Pistons ended up shooting better than the Bucks from three, which it felt <laughs> it felt like the early part of that game was just, you know, the Pistons, just, with the exception of Thon Maker, who had a nice night shooting the ball. Um, but it seemed like other than that, uh, it was just a bricklaying fest in that first half. And I think it was just they, they you know, kind of knocked down some threes in the second half after the Bucks were out to their massive lead. But, um, yeah, this was about as uncompetitive as we sort of assumed it would be given, uh, you know, this Pistons team is, as you were uh, jokingly suggesting, pretty much just the, uh, you know, B slash C team from last year's Bucks uh, in many ways. At least the, the big man rotation is pretty much all the guys that the Bucks yeah. couldn't find any use for. Uh, and, uh, there, there's some friskiness. We, we kind of, I was, I was, you know, questioning, well, Blake Griffin's gone under your drum has gone. Maybe that's going to take some of the edge off of, uh, these Pistons games, but actually it, it ended up being, uh, frisky in a different way. I'd say a less contentious, more amusing way with Giannis, uh, having some, uh, I think a, a fun duel with Christian Wood and, uh, getting in a lot of, uh, probably the most jovial trash talking I've seen from Giannis, you know, like, yeah, he he kind of got in in Wood's face. He got definitely got frustrated in the third yeah. quarter with uh, some of the officiating. Got a tech, um, but uh, yeah, it was funny. And at the after the end of the game, uh, he was had a big grin on his face as he went and talked to Christian Wood and obviously Thon and Tony Snell and everybody else. Uh, so yeah, uh, Giannis thirty three points, thirteen out of twenty three. Had a number of misses that probably he would like to have back. 0 for 3 from 3, 7 11 from the free throw line, 16 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, a block, plus 39 in 32 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and uh, it was interesting, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit, but um, he played pretty deep into the fourth quarter, even with the game obviously pretty out of reach, um, as they kind of experimented a little bit with him and Marvin Williams. So that was uh, kind of an interesting thing. I think we can maybe talk about it. that's a, a trend kind of stretching out. Uh, Giannis and Chris maybe a little bit and Chris uh, you know it's it's funny because you know when this game started like you, you kind of wonder right I mean second half of the season Chris has been on a heater like he's never been on before for like two months now like is he going to come back to earth you know after the all-star sure. break and uh no not against the Pistons at least <laughs> he was just a flamethrower and 
four out of five from three, 28 points on 11 out of 18 from the field, eight rebounds, three assists, uh, plus 32 in 32 minutes. He got a little bit of an extended run as well. He was terrific. And Bledsoe didn't really even shoot, it seemed like, in the first quarter. And then he ended up with 19 points on 14 shots. Uh, so, yeah, and Brooke, Brooke Lopez, 10 free throws, 10 free throw attempts. They tried to go down to Brooke Lopez a lot more in the post than uh, maybe you normally see him. So, yeah, the starters really carried it for the Bucks, And, uh, you know, good to uh, ease into the second half of the season with a, uh, a very easy win and, uh, you know, a little chance to experiment with, uh, with some, some different looks. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was really interesting. Obviously, Christian Wood and Giannis, as you sort of pointed to, we're getting into it a little bit. But for a lot of the night, Dwayne Casey just said uh, to Seku, by the way, I think he's only 19 years old. Uh, I think he came into the starting lineup. Christian Wood was starting previously prior to the All-Star break. And it was like Dwayne Casey just said, yeah, have fun out there. Um, you're you're, you're going to defend Giannis for, for a lot of the night. And, and Giannis just, anytime that he got him on him uh, defensively, it was just, it was all over. He was just like, ah, this is, this is great. I'm going to score on you. This is going to be far too easy. And, and for the most part, that's kind of the way it went because you looked at the three point shooting for Milwaukee. If you take away Chris Milton being four for five from three, the rest of the bucks was six for 28. <laughs> Brooke Lopez again. I, I know we were sort of joking about it before the all-star break where I was saying that I, I don't think his shooting was going to come back. Unfortunately, he was one for five from three. His brother Robin was one for four. And Giannis got up three and missed all three. So considering how dominant the game was and it felt like they were up by over 30 points for the majority of the night, uh, the fact that they didn't actually uh, shoot a really high percentage from three tells you that uh, this was this was uh, probably a physically dominant win for the Bucs and they they just overmatched Detroit right, a, right across the floor. But... I don't, I don't know how much you can take away from any of the individual performance other than you say, well, Giannis and Chris come back from the All-Star break looking pretty good. But as you mentioned, the minutes thing is interesting because I think if this game was in November, December, you probably look at the box score at the end of the night and Giannis has played 24 minutes. So I don't know whether this has got more to do with the fact that it was the first game out of the All-Star break and Bud was like, okay, we've got Philadelphia on Saturday. The intensity in that game is going to go up sharply let's keep playing these guys and get them at least 30 minutes but it's crazy to think that even 31 minutes 47 seconds for Giannis and and just over 32 minutes for Chris is well above what they're averaging on the season so I don't know maybe it will be interesting to monitor this moving forward and and maybe out out of the break now after tonight only 27 uh, 27 games to go before the playoffs maybe Bud says okay Rather than playing you guys 28 minutes a night, now I'm going to bump that up to 32, 33, even in games like tonight where clearly they could have sat a lot earlier. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Bucks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Milwaukee Bucks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Milwaukee Bucks fans that are well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to double three triple seven or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. 
We'll get the team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com advertising. We look forward to hearing from you guys. Yeah, and in Detroit, I mean, uh, I don't think they got it under 20. It was around 20, I think, uh, in the early stages of the fourth, and they hit maybe some of those threes. So, um, you know, uh, again, maybe you could argue it got vaguely close in a very, um, well, in a very vague way. Uh, but, yeah, it was interesting. I, I mean, Giannis seemed frustrating when he went to the bench in the third quarter, so it kind of felt almost like Bud wanted to let him get his uh, – Get get some of that frustration out on the uh, on, on the the Pistons and you know Giannis had 19 in the first half, scores five in the third quarter, um, and it felt like I think four of those came very early. Uh, and then one of the maybe the weirdest footnote I have nothing really to say about this, but Giannis shot a technical free throw, did he not? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I almost didn't even really realize what was happening. Like why you would have, I mean, even when Giannis was a better free throw shooter i don't think he was ever a guy that you would pick to shoot the free throw like you always assume there's somebody who could be better suited to do that but uh so that was weird thankfully he knocked down for my sanity but um but yeah he he was frustrated a bit bit frustrated with the officiating um kind of was going at it with wood they were getting kind of physical and um if people didn't see it the i mean for some context you know um Christian Wood, I mean, is interesting. He he might have been like the first guy to like publicly state he wanted to mirror his game off Giannis a few years ago when he was coming out into the draft. You know, before Giannis was kind of you know this version of Giannis, and um, it, it kind of makes sense that he eventually found his way to the Bucks because that you can really see in his game um, as someone who also watched a lot of his G League highlights last year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it you can see in his game like there it definitely is some Giannis in the way he. Um, attacks the paint and uses kind of long strides and speeds up, slows down, um, and and uh, he's he's just a, a very interesting player. He's obviously not Giannis, um, but he's you know done very well for himself. And uh, again, I, th- I think you know, look, th- this Pistons team obviously, as we said last night, I mean, they're they're in a you know a very meaningless state of existence right now as far as you know this season and all that. But um, I mean, for Christian Wood. For Thon Maker, I mean, these guys are playing for contracts. They're playing for, you know, to, to try to stake roles out on either the Pistons or some other team. And so it's a big deal, even if they're losing games. Um, you know, I mean, they're, those guys are battling. They're fighting, fouling, <laughs> maybe a little more than we like, um, you know, in, in ways that, uh, you know, I think certainly as, as Bucks fans, having seen these guys up close previously, and I think, Obviously, a lot of us probably feel some sentimentality toward toward both guys. Um, you know, it's it's nice seeing them. We talked about them having some success before the All Star break individually, um, and they they each put up numbers again tonight. And you know, again, they're they're at least trying trying to trying to put in an honest effort. And we saw Christian Wood blocking on us early in this game, which obviously defensively has been the area that you you know would always kind of raise questions about about Christian Wood. So uh, yeah, it was it was kind of fun and and. Uh, there was video before the game that the Bucks posted on their Twitter feed. Uh, I, I think I guess it was over All-Star Weekend. It was Giannis walking around in the tunnel, uh, I guess at the United Center, and there were like some random mascots. And one of them is the P- 
Pistons mascot, whose name I have no idea what the Pistons mascot is. Uh, but he just like stops and points to him, which is got to be kind of hilarious. Like you're the Pistons mascot. You're like randomly in the bowels of the United Center, I guess. <laughs> and the MVP of the league, the best basketball player on earth, like notices you and starts talking to you about how you got to take care of, take care of his guys. Right. He starts name checking Thon maker, Tony Snell. And then he mentions Christian Woody's. And I think he, I don't, I remember, I don't remember the exact phrase, but I believe he said, that's my son. And then, and then the, the best part, and this was just such a whole, I mean, I found this just so hilarious. Um, and then he turns and says, he's got a brother now, Leon, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> which, you know, just, just for Giannis to be making that connection that, you know, again, kind of took, took Christian Wood under his wing a little bit. Obviously they're, they're much closer in age than a, a normal father and son, but, uh, but yes. uh, they definitely developed a relationship. I mean, they went, they went at it one-on-one when Wood was in Milwaukee. And, you know, I think it shows that Wood definitely benefited from, from having those kind of battles in the trenches with Giannis in practice and after practice. Uh, and so it was funny. And I think if you didn't have that context, you might have said, man, these guys don't like each other tonight. Um, but, you know, I think at its core, you saw it after the game, um, there's, there's a good there's, – there's a positive relationship behind all this. And, um, you know, they were covering their mouths uh, as they were talking after the game to avoid any lip reading. But uh, it, was, it was pretty funny to, to see. I thought – you know, I have to say when, uh, when Giannis blocked Wood in the – was it in the early fourth quarter maybe? They, they kind of like started – talking smack at each other. Giannis already had technical. I thought Giannis was about to get run, (laughs) which of course would have been the most hilarious thing that he gets run for trash talking Christian Wood after a block shot and a, you know, 25 point game uh, in the fourth quarter. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Let's just say this. We will probably not remember very much from this game, but we will remember the uh, random trash talk between Giannis and, uh, and Christian Wood. So uh, good on you, Christian Wood. 18 point of 18 points, 11 rebounds. So he got his numbers, but uh, yes, they're the, the big dog in town is, is still very much the MVP. And uh, he uh, ultimately, uh, they did not have much answer for them. And, and you're right though. Wood certainly fared much better than uh, sacred and Boya, who you know, is one of those interesting guys. You mentioned how young he is. I mean, he, you know, he was definitely a guy as a mid first round pick. There were some stray like, Oh, could he be the next Giannis type comparisons? Cause he's, you know, another kind of long limbed, uh, international guy, and uh, let's just say that that I, I'm not going to bet on him being another Giannis, but he is an interesting player. But yeah, I mean, you could just see it tonight. Um, I mean, he just he, he when he tried to play Giannis too aggressively, Giannis just blew by him a couple times, uh, and he just he just seemed too small and just too young, too naive to uh, to to keep up with the MVP. So uh, yeah. Nice to have Giannis ease back into a regular season basketball after missing a couple of games with uh, the birth of his son. So if I was going to have one more takeaway from this game that I thought was was actually notable for what might happen moving forward, it was probably the fact that Marvin Williams didn't play until the fourth quarter. Um, it was kind of interesting because, you know, anytime I, I think about the role that Marvin is going to have with this team, Ultimately, it comes down to the fact that he's going to have to take Ersan Uyasova's minutes if that's going to happen. I mean, that's, that's, that's really the only part that he's going to play. It didn't happen tonight. But I, I will say that I don't think, even in a game where the Bucks completely destroyed the Pistons in just about every facet from opening tip, Ersan Uyasova still somehow managed to be a minus 10 in 13 minutes. 
And unless I'm mistaken, I don't think he was on the court at the end when the Pistons sort of put a few points on the board. I think that was a genuine minus 10 from when the Bucks were destroying them, I think. Unless you, unless you can correct me there. But in his 13 minutes, he doesn't get a shot up. Only two rebounds. This wasn't really a matchup where you look at that and you think, wow, our son's going to be in trouble matchup-wise like we spoke about so much. But he still just... He, he, didn't, he wasn't impressive, let's just say that. And he's had a rough few weeks here, um, clearly leading up to the All-Star break. So I, I don't know what's going to happen here with Bud. Bud was asked after the game what was the sort of thought process with Marvin and, and are we going to see him play more or what, what are we trying to do here? Because obviously Williams got some burn with the, with the starters in the fourth quarter because as we spoke about, they were still playing and he actually had a couple of really nice passes to Giannis. I think he was still a little bit shy on his three-point trigger. It looked like he could have got a couple of open threes up and he, and he didn't take them. He sort of put the ball down uh, and then made a pass. But Bud sort of said, well... Yeah, we're gonna to have to like try and figure out when we can like get him minutes. Which to me, it's not. I wouldn't say that listening to to Bud say that is telling me that he is going to straight away start eating into Ersan's minutes. I'm not sure. I didn't really know what to make about that, and and it's only one game, so I'm not reading a whole lot into it. But it's just interesting because remember before the break, Giannis wasn't there. Uh, I would hope that Marvin is not just going to be a guy that's going to be buried on the bench here, but. I guess we'll see what happens over the next sort of week or so. Yeah, I mean, we even saw Ursan Giannis and Brooke Lopez playing together at one point um, yeah. before we saw Marvin Williams. And when that happened, I was like, oh, Jesus. Bud, seriously, you're going to yeah. start giving Giannis small forward minutes just so you can shoot more Ursan minutes out there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a really interesting question. I mean, we've seen Bud go, I mean, we've seen Bud play Giannis without Urson, uh, a lot more this year than we did last year, uh, in small lineups, uh, to be clear. So without another kind of quote unquote big man and the Bucks have generally kind of killed in the, in those situations. Um, so it is very interesting because certainly Marvin gives you a chance to play, uh, a little bigger than, you know, if you just have like, for instance, Chris at the four or Sterling Brown at the four I and mean, Marvin's, you know, taller than, than either of those guys, longer than either of those guys. Um, and uh, obviously more used to defending power forwards. That's kind of his natural position. So uh, yeah, I thought it was fun to see those guys get a little bit of run together in the fourth quarter. It obviously wasn't, you know, it wasn't meaningful minutes in terms of the game score, but uh, I, it was encouraging. I mean, yeah, Marvin got the ball, drove baseline, sees Giannis um, kind of coming down the lane a little bit, he immediately flips it to him and gets him a dunk. And then uh, in the post, there was a really nice uh, cutter uh, pass to, to Giannis cutting and didn't get an assist on it because Giannis couldn't finish initially, but he got the rebound and put it back in. So, um, hey, Marvin Williams like knows where his, uh, his bread's going to be buttered. Yeah. Got to feed the MVP. Uh, and, yeah, he did get up a kind of – it seemed like he wasn't looking up, looking to, to gun threes initially there, and then did get up a couple uh, late, which he missed. But um, certainly, he's a guy that uh, I think we're all very curious, you know, especially given the lack of <laughs> the lack of other plot points here for the last, you know, third of the season. Certainly, figuring out what Marvin Lane's role will be, and you know, how does Bud, you know, weaponize him, and what what does that mean for Urson? That's obviously probably one of the the talking points that we're going to be coming back to more so than, uh, you know, uh, others, you know, again, knock on wood that we don't have any major injuries to, to talk about and 
Speaking of which, George Hill, obviously good to yeah. see him back out there tonight. Didn't even take a three, just eased his way back in there. A long but, two. Um, yeah, four, four points on two shots. <laughs> yeah. Three assists, three steals in 20 minutes. So, you know, again, kind of an easy, easy night for, for George to, uh, to kind of slowly get back into it. But, um, uh, yeah, overall, I'd say uh, this was uh, very much the, uh, a tune-up for uh, what we will assume will be a much more difficult game on Saturday against the Sixers. Yeah, I guess before we, we probably won't chat again before that game. So maybe uh, I, I think it's probably safe to say we can move on from, from the Detroit game. But uh, the Sixers on Saturday night, it's going to be fun. Obviously, this is the third time they've met uh, this season. Obviously, the first time on Christmas Day, the Sixers win. The Bucks get them back in Milwaukee just before the All-Star break. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. After the Bucks finished their game against Detroit tonight, I flicked it over and caught the end of Sixers Nets. Uh, there was no Ben Simmons tonight. He was out with back soreness. I don't know. I mean, given the fact that he played in the All-Star game, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm just kind of assuming that he's going to play in that game in Milwaukee, but... Uh, the Sixers did have a couple of their additions playing there. Red, uh, Alec Burks and, and Glenn Robinson both played. Uh, Burks hit a couple of big shots in the overtime. The game went to overtime. Embiid had 39 points and 16 rebounds. I think ultimately the story is going to be how are the Bucs going to score in the paint? We've seen both both games, actually. The Bucks defense, outside of the three-point defense, has been okay. But both times the Sixers hit 21 threes the first time on Christmas, 19 threes the other week in Milwaukee. So, again, I think it's going to be safe to assume that the Sixers are going to come ready to shoot and let it fly from the outside. Uh, if Simmons plays, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the starting lineup. Al Horford actually uh, came off the bench the last game before uh, the All-Star break when all those guys were together. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I think defensively this is where this game's going to be won. And, and maybe it's as simple as the Giannis Embiid slash Horford, slash Simmons, slash everyone else helping that matchup and how uh, Giannis can navigate his way through there. Uh, the Sixers are a team that he's played really, really well against in the past. Outside of that one random uh, Christmas Day game, which was probably just really bad timing because everyone was watching and then assumed that uh, <laughs> the Sixers had become this Giannis-stopping team when in reality, I think he's averaging well over 30 points per game in their last sort of five or six meetings uh, outside of that one. So uh, I think that, no surprise, Giannis might have a fair role to play in this one. Yeah, and I mean, it's uh, obviously I'm always rooting for Giannis, but um, I especially root for him in these situations just so we don't have to deal with, like, oh, is Embiid the Giannis stopper? And as you said, I think last year, Giannis, I think in the first game he put up 30-some points on a triple-double against the Sixers. Embiid did not really guard him in that game, I don't, I don't believe. Uh, and then in the two games after that, you know, 52 and 45. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, sure, Christmas Day was a total dud, and Embiid definitely outplayed him by a large margin. But, um, you know, last game was obviously the tables had been turned, and Giannis did a really nice job, and uh, Embiid obviously was really frustrated. So, uh, yeah, I think certainly – curious to see how Embiid responds he comes off a monster night 41 minutes in the overtime game yeah um, cra- crazy that other team stars can play 40 plus minutes we're just not used to that uh, <laughs> and, but, he, and, uh, and he's a guy that he, looked exhausted I mean he, he, I don't know if you caught the end of that game yeah. but Embiid always looks I mean this is why people say that he, he probably needs to get in better shape because if you like he just physically looks like he might collapse at any yeah, he's, second he's that exhausted and that's why I think you project ahead to a series 
is that a guy that you want to trust if you're a Sixers fan defending Giannis seven games? I don't know. I don't know whether physically he can do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the challenge of him just doing it in, in, in one-off games too. I mean, just sure. it, it, it's so important for the Bucks to force misses, get rebounds, and let Giannis try to push a transition because I think it just it is obviously much harder on Embiid to to try to keep up in uh, when it's uh, a faster game. Uh, and again, he he needs a lot more help, obviously, just because it's harder to get back. And he's cross matched too, right? So um, you know he's being defended by Brook on on one side, and then he's got to go find Giannis um, when you know Giannis gets a rebound or, or whatever. So uh, it, you know, no no shortage of of drama. I think the Simmons thing is interesting, um, just because obviously you know you take him out of the mix there, and um, you can a put in a shooter, <laughs> which he obviously is not. Um, but obviously you lose a lot of dynamism. You lose a lot of creation, uh, you know, given just what he's able to do in, in the open court. And, um, you know, he enables those other six or three point shooters, even if he's not shooting threes, he makes everybody else, I think, um, you know, more likely to get some open threes, especially in transition, given what the way he plays. Interesting that, uh, uh, Rahul Neto was, uh, got the start tonight, uh, against the Nets, uh, played 28 minutes. Uh, he's just like a sneaky, solid player, actually. I think he's, uh, I've always kind of liked him. His advanced numbers and kind of impact stuff always tends to be way better than you would expect. But that said, uh, yeah, uh, you know, if you're facing Howell Neto versus Ben Simmons, yeah. you're going to like your chances more with, uh, with Neto, who is also not a prodigious three-point shooter. So uh, we'll definitely be uh, curious to see kind of the uh, slightly new look um, slightly new look uh, Sixers here on Saturday. So another thing just to, and this is sort of projecting ahead quite a little bit here. And we, we look at what's happening in the seedings, probably below the bucks, obviously Milwaukee have a seven game lead over Toronto right now, but the two through six is interesting and it's hard not to look at the sixes and, and we've spoken about it quite a bit, but 26 and two now at home, nine and 19 on the road. Currently in the fifth seed, I just think anytime you can hand the Sixers a loss and and try it and keep them in that position where they're going to have to have a uh, be on the road the whole way through the playoffs, but start game one of the first round on the road, I, I think that 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 can be important as well because uh, as much as you know we talk about the matchup with the Bucks and and do we think it's actually uh, as as good a matchup for Philadelphia as what maybe national media might want to tell you or might want to uh, present that case to you after after one game on Christmas Day. I still think if you can put, you know, maybe a Miami Sixers first-round series, a Boston Sixers first-round series and potentially get rid of the Sixers in the first round, I certainly wouldn't be complaining about that either. No, I'd be fine with that. And again, you just, right, with Philly, you just never know, right? You just never That's... know what, what version of that team you might get. Um, certainly on the road, you're much more, confident you're going to get a version that you can beat uh but it is interesting that philly is now two and a half games up on indiana which has fallen yeah. to six obviously that uh that string of losses before they beat the bucks ironically uh is uh, has kind of pushed them back down so uh you know again are they going to go on a hot streak could they catch philly i don't know i i think I don't think Indiana's just as good as the the top five teams, as, as flawed as the Sixers have been this season, as disappointing as they've been. So I think, yeah, it becomes an interesting question. You know, do, you know, as as a uh, as as a fan of the Bucks, 
do you want Philly in uh, in the four five matchup? Right. Obviously, if they're in that matchup, you'd rather have them not have probably the the home court, um, just to see them kind of potentially lose out. But uh, you know, they're only a half game back of Miami for four. They're only well, four games back of the Celtics for three. So that's probably going to be a taller order. So uh, yeah, there's a very good chance that the Sixers, you know, if they win their first round series, could be the team that the Bucks face in the second round, which is you know again one of those things that I'm sure. Uh, I'm just going to put on my prediction, uh, my my um, fortune teller's hat, and say, if that happens, there's going to be uh, there are going to be people that absolutely, well, you know, people in the media are absolutely going to predict, predict the Sixers pull off the upset. But um, as you said, this is where the home court you would hope is uh, is the thing that kind of uh, keeps the keeps the Bucks in the driver's seat and and gives them that that big edge you know even beyond obviously the, the fundamental fact that they've been a much better team this year so um, yeah always interesting to see Philly and you know again the Bucks did not play many games against you know Miami we saw once in that first week of the season Philly Very, only, yeah Philly we didn't see um, for a second time until recently now we get them a third time and Toronto again only saw them in that first week of the season Boston only twice so. Uh, there's going to be some catch up here as far as uh, some games against these better Eastern teams that, that, you know, the Bucks just sort of didn't have in the first half. So um, certainly that adds some intrigue, right? Just to try to figure out, like, can you, can you make anything of this? Do we see anything matchup wise? Um, do the coaches tip their hats a little bit, maybe about what, how they want to defend uh, the other team. So um, yeah, fingers crossed that they can uh, take care of business again. Yeah, I think I've sort of been saying this since the start of the season. The Bucks are just so damn good that there is legitimately maybe five or six teams that you go into the game thinking, okay, we might actually learn something that we can take to the playoffs from this matchup. And, and Philadelphia is definitely one of those. Uh, and as you pointed to, some of these other teams that are in that basket, we'll see a lot of Toronto next week. The Bucks will be in Toronto. So it's fun. I mean, I enjoy the Bucks beating down teams like Detroit, but uh, I also... Enjoy watching a game of basketball that I think is going to be a contest for longer than two minutes. And, uh, and the game against the Pistons definitely didn't do that. But that's an ABC game on Saturday night, I believe. ESPN, ABC. Uh, at 7.30 tip at Fireserve. So that's going to be interesting. Obviously, you would not imagine that... that uh, well, it's going to be impossible for tiebreakers to really matter. But it, the, whichever team takes this game will take a 2-1 lead in the season series. So Bucks Sixers Saturday night, Bucks beat the Pistons tonight, 126-106. Another 33 points for Giannis and 28 for Chris Middleton. They're 47 and 8 on the season. So we got through another week. We'll be back after the Sixers game to wrap that up. So for Frank Madden and myself, Kane Pittman, we'll speak to you guys then. 